Welcome to an Impact Ministries production brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self development programs that have changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. Hey guys, I'm Jim Richards. I want to welcome you to this week's Cyber Church broadcast where we're going to be talking about the beginning of justice. Now, you know, all month I'm talking about the justice of God. And, you know, my, I'm telling you, my heart is so deeply troubled for America, really for all the nations of the world, but my heart is so deeply troubled for America. You know, I'm, I'm looking out across our country today and it really reminds me of parenting unruly children. And, you know, when you get unruly, rebellious children and they think they know everything, they think they've got the answer to everything, and uh, they're selfish and self-centered, and, and they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna get what they want or they're going to throw a fit. That's, you know, that's basically what it comes down to for the foolish, rebellious uh, person. And, and so, you know, as a parent, so many times you are looking at them going, you just don't understand how much pain you're causing yourself. You don't understand. You're going to end up hurt. You're going to end up destroyed. Even if you get what you want from this little fit that you're throwing, you're still going to destroy yourselves and you're going to destroy a whole lot of people with you. Now, I'm telling you, our country today is in such a mess because of the absence of justice. And, uh, you know, we've talked about this a little bit. When, when you think about justice, basically, as much as anything, you think about being treated fairly. And so everybody wants to be treated fairly. But the problem is everybody wants to define fairness from their own personal perspective. You know, today I saw a I saw someone write this big long account of this of this savage ordeal that they had had with the church, and uh, and, and you know keep in mind I've, I've been in the ministry almost fifty years, so I've heard a thousand different versions of these same kinds of stories about how the church did them wrong, and uh, you know my heart broke for the person. That was writing out this testimonial because their version of how they were treated wrong was only legitimate if you reject the Word of God. In other words, uh, it, uh, this person felt like they had been treated unfairly their whole life, but never admitted their part of it, never admitted the places where they wronged people, never admitted the people where they lied, where they were deceptive, where they were, you know, where they were uh, 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 selfish and, and brought pain and wreaked havoc, in, havoc into the lives of other people. And, you know, I, I, I see this, by the way, all the time. And you, you, you flip it on, uh, you flip through Facebook, and I'm telling you what, it, Facebook has become the platform for victims, the platform for for people talking about all the ways that they have been done wrong and many times by the church. And uh, it's sort of like, well, well, wait a minute. You're just kind of telling one side of that story. It's sort of like, it, you know, it's sort of like a, a child that, that you, you, you walk in the door and you, you see one, you know, one child beating up another child. 
And, uh, and so you, you think, okay, this is the truth because I've seen this with my own eyes. This child is, is hurting and beating up that other child. So, so you're, going to try to, you're going to try to solve that problem. But see, the biblical concept of truth isn't even based on what is true, is not, what is factual, because there are a lot of variables uh, that go beyond what we see. You know, we, we see these accounts. And also, let me just say this, uh, for, as far as applying it, to our own life, we tend to see what we want to see. We tend to see the parts of our own life that we want to see, and we tend to leave out the parts that, that make us you know, have responsibility. But you know, a parent walks in the door and, a, and maybe one of the kids is pounding on the other kid. And so you think, okay, I got the truth. The truth is this child was beating up this child. But really you don't have the truth because there's something that happened before that event. And that's a kind of an interesting concept, the biblical concept of truth. You have to start with where something began, with where an event began. And so, and so, you know, maybe before you got there, the child that's getting beat up uh, or, or picked on or whatever, maybe they were rude and insulting uh, uh, before you got there, maybe they actually provoked the situation. But see, that, that's not what you're seeing. And so you, you think that justice now is going to be served by punishing the child that you can see causing harm without finding out if that child was, was provoked. Now, that doesn't justify what the child is doing. That's not saying it's all right to cause that harm. But the point is... Uh, people want to look at and understand their life really in a very small window frame of context. And it's like, I am a victim. Somebody is victimizing me. Somebody's punishing me. Somebody's doing me wrong. Somebody is hurting me. But they never want to go back and look at, okay, before we got to this point, what did I do? How did I feed into this? How did I participate and create in this scenario how did i provoke this own scenario this own scenario and, and and how you know and plus i don't want to take any responsibility in this i want i want somebody else to be the blame in this situation and so i'm so i'm reading this long testimony today uh, this person talking about the year the years of how the church abused them and how the church did them wrong and i'm i'm sitting there thinking you know what i've known you through uh, a lot of these years and the real truth is, yes, these things happened between you and the church, but you had a part to play in this. You, you know, you know, you made corrupt decisions. You made corrupt. You had corrupt in, involvements. You were deceitful. You lied. You did all of these kinds of things. But you see, that person is screaming out that I'm the victim. I'm the victim. I'm the victim. I am not being treated fairly. I.e., I am not getting justice. Well, you know, this in, this entire generation that is throwing fits and pity parties and. And, and rioting and tearing stuff down. This is a, this is a group of, of entitled young people, and it doesn't matter what color they are. You know, I'm sick of hearing people talk about white privilege. Well, let me tell you something. 
Everybody that thinks that they can violate the law is a person who thinks they have a privilege because th that is a person who is a victim, a person who, sa who, who says, you know, I should, I should be able to throw a fit. I should be able to do anything I want to do, and there should be no consequences. And if any consequences come because of what I do, then I'm a victim. And, and so what we have is we have an age of people all different colors and races doesn't doesn't matter. race is not a factor in this we have people who have been raised independent of having any understanding of good and evil based on the word of god now keep keep in mind good and evil is not just saying okay oh that's bad that's bad that's bad it's good and evil has to do with what brings you in harmony with god or what takes you out of harmony with god uh, good and evil will be what brings you into harmony with life or takes you into harmony with death. Good and evil will be uh, that which will cause pain and misery in your life and other people's lives uh, uh, or deliver you from pain and misery and these kinds of things. Well, see, the problem is we want to be our own gods and we want to determine good and evil for ourselves. And by good and evil, I mean come into harmony with God or getting out of harmony with God and going into chaos, which by the way, you know, in the original language, particularly in the Hebrew, anytime you see the word good, you need to think harmony because, because of the whole concept of life being good, of life working, of, uh, of life being beneficial, of life being enjoyable, of life being pleasant is the result of that life being in harmony with God, being aligned with God. And so, so, uh, you know, uh, I, I don't know how many people I've talked to over the years where, you know, they were, they're complaining to me about, they've done everything, done everything. I've, I've fasted, I've prayed, I've read the Bible, I've gone through the deliverance, I've done everything, uh, you know, everything. And and nothing nothing has worked. Nothing that God's ever promised me has ever worked. Well, you know, none of that matters if you're still going to take the pathway of death and destruction. None of that matters if you don't want to harmonize with God, if you don't want, don't want to walk with God. So, so we've got a generation of, of people who have a victim's mentality that says, I really don't want to walk with God. I just want all of the good things that God can give me. And if God's not going to just give these to me, then I'm going to go find them another way. Well, you know, the, the truth is, and this is kind of a this is a hard concept for some people to get. The truth is, it's not a matter of God giving you something or not giving you something, because really everything that God has has been freely given to you in Jesus. It is already yours, but you cannot experience all of these things if you are not willing to harmonize with God because all of all of these good things that God has for us, all the life, all the health, all the healing, all the prosperity, all the benefits, all the joy, all the peace, uh, are we get to participate in when we enter into this realm called the kingdom of God where we are surrendered to Jesus as Lord. We're building our lives on the teaching, the model, the example of the, of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, so you know, everybody wants that, but the, the, the Bible warns us, and it talks about all of these different kinds of, uh, of issues, like immorality, uh, lying, uh, cheating. You know, just, you just go through this list. And, and it says that when we participate in these things, we 
cannot experience the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Well, you say, well, why can't we? Are you saying we got to earn something from God? No, I'm saying these things come because of abiding in Him. They come by the work of the Holy Spirit in us. They come by us walking this path that God says there's happiness on this path. There's joy on this path. There's this way to live. But everybody seems to want today to, I, I, I want what God has to offer. I just don't want God. You know, that's that's sort of like going to the doctor and, and saying, listen, all right, you know, I, I've, I've got this disease and I want you to heal me of this disease, but I'm not going to take any of the medicine. I'm not going to follow any of your instructions. I'm not going to, uh, you know, I'm not going to use the prescription you give me. And if you don't heal me, even though I'm not cooperating, even though, even though I'm not yielding to, to the plan here, if you don't fix me uh, totally independent of all my personal actions, then I just want you to know this. It's your fault, and I'm going to blame you. You know, Justice, the kind of justice that we need in the world today, uh, it does not come from legislation of any kind. It does not come from passing more laws. It, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't come from any of these sources. It, the kind of justice that we need in the world today is the kind of justice that comes out of the heart of people who love righteousness. Now, I kind of almost choke every time I want to talk about righteousness because, uh, you know, the, uh, the writer of Hebrews warned the Hebrew Christians. He said, look, I can't, I can't, I need to bring you into an understanding of righteousness. He said, but the problem is uh, you're not even established in the foundations of the faith. You're not even established in these very basic things. And every time I try to take you to righteousness, you get, you get off track as far as what the foundational things are. And so this has always been a struggle. You know, you know the Apostle Paul in the book of Romans, he says, look, faith righteousness is the stumbling stone of the gospel. In other words, this is what causes people to stumble. It was kind of interesting in the early world, uh, early church world, the real problem that the Jews had with uh, with Jesus uh, was not so much just that okay that you know Jesus could be Lord, but it was the fact it was faith righteousness that Jesus could be your righteousness because they believed that righteousness came by the works of the law. And God never said that. God never said that righteousness would come by the works of the law. God never promised that that doing the right thing would change you inwardly. But he did tell us that doing the right thing would make us have peace in our environment. It would make us have peace in our country. It make, would make us have peace, you know, uh, 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 really with our neighbors in, in, in every area. But the truth is, people struggle with that. People are not really, really so interested in that. So when I look around at the world, I look around at, at a bunch of, man, it sounds so mean in so many ways, but we got to face this truth. Listen, we, we got to face this. We got to deal with parents have got to start dealing with their kids and uh, uh, citizens have got to start dealing with the politicians and all the people who bring all of this injustice into the world, but you but you just look look out here at it, and the problem is, the people, the believers, uh, have so little knowledge 
of what righteousness is and how righteousness in our heart actually is the beginning of justice. And, and really, you can't have justice out here, applied out here in the world, if you're not applying uh, uh, justice and righteousness in, in your own heart. Now, when you think about justice, fairness, in order for us to decide what is fair and what is just, then first we have to have some absolutes. You know, the commandments were never, like I said, they were never given to earn, make you earn righteousness. Actually, the commandments were given to show you how to walk in love, to show you how to walk in respect and value to, you know, to the people in, in your world, to the people in your life. And so, you know, Romans 3.20, it's a scripture that, honestly, I can remember really misunderstanding the scripture and making the scripture a negative thing. But Romans 3.20 says, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified. Now, I want you to understand something. Um, again, the law was never given to make you righteous. And the Bible even tells us that if there had been any kind of a law that could have made us righteous, God wouldn't have sent Jesus. There would have been no reason for Jesus to come if there was a law that can make you righteous. Now, when I talk, when I talk about righteous, I am not talking about the kind of religious piety that we've been exposed to most of our life. I am not talking about the snobbery of, of self-righteous religion condemning other people and all that kind of stuff. You know, I tell people this all the time. Uh, if you take the commandments and say, I'm going to just apply them to me. I'm not applying them to anybody else. I'm going to apply them to me to determine how I'm going to treat people. And I'm going to let these commandments, if I'm, if I'm going to do it for the benefit of other people, if I'm, I'm not doing it to earn something from God, not trying to do this to be, you know, whatever, to be haughty or whatever, then, then really if this becomes my basis for walking in love, man, the commandments then they really become signposts that show you whether or not you're treating somebody in love, whether or not you're treating somebody in kindness. But the minute you take the commandments and you say, now I'm going to, I'm going to judge you with the commandments. I'm going to determine if you are walking in love or whatever. In other words, the moment we try to apply them to other people, then they become a basis for control. They become a basis you know, of, of manipulation. They become everything that God never meant for them to be. And so we're not looking at the commandments. We're not looking at the law for righteousness to earn anything from God. Everything been, has been freely given to us from God. But, but if, if I choose to walk in love, then I have to also choose righteousness. Now, think of, think of righteousness as uh, understanding God's character. Okay, you know, every commandment that tells us how we should treat somebody else uh, is given, we're getting that instructions so that we can be like God because God only treats us the same way that he tells us to treat everybody else. So we've got all of these commandments that say, if you're walking in love, if you have value for other people, this is how you will treat those people. So righteousness which is a heart factor. It's not, it's not just a behavioral factor. Righteousness then, if I have righteousness in my heart, if I love righteousness, 
I will seek to harmonize my character with God's. I will seek to align myself and how I'm going to express love, how I'm going to manage my life, how I'm going to treat other people. I'm going to bring that into harmony with God. Now, here's one of the things you need to understand. This. Let me, as a matter of fact, let me read the rest of this verse, Romans 3.20. Therefore, by the deeds of the law so no, shall no flesh be justified in his sight. It says, by the law is the knowledge of sin. So if I'm applying the law, which can be, that word can be translated as signposts. If I'm applying the commandments, that could be translated prescriptions. I mean, it, uh, we've got these legalistic concepts of the law and the commandments. But if I'm looking at this saying, okay, this is a signpost that tells me if I'm on the pathway of love. Or I might look at it and say, okay, th th this is a prescription that shows me how to bring love into this situation. So if, if I trust God and if I love righteousness, and by the way, you know, the Bible says that, uh, that God's throne, which by the way, is what Jesus will sit on when he comes back to rule and reign for a thousand years on planet earth, that his throne will be established in righteousness and in justice. And so... And so, you know, listen, if you don't like this stuff, I don't, I'm not sure as a believer, I'm not sure what you're going to do during the millennium. I'm not sure you might not even like Jesus. You may decide to be a part of the last rebellion because you really don't want to be like God. You really don't want to walk in love. You don't, you don't want to walk in kindness. But, but you notice it says, by the law, and uh, we have the knowledge of sin. Now, I used to, I used to really interpret that in a very negative way. See, the law is just, just going to make you feel bad about yourself. No, it didn't say make you feel bad about yourself. It said it would make you have the knowledge of sin. You see, there are a lot of things that we get into. There's a lot of places in life where because of our fears, because of our greed, because of whatever reasons, we don't really want to do what the love of God would compel us to do. And an interesting thing there is the Bible teaches that you cannot even hear or recognize what God is saying to you in any situation where you are already unwilling to do that particular thing. In other words, if I, whatever it is I'm unwilling to do, if I'm unwilling to do it, anything that God would try to speak to me about that situation, even though he's going to speak to me about it to make my life better, I won't even be able to recognize it. I won't even be able to hear it. I'm going to filter that out because I there's some things I'm just not willing to do. Well, so in those situations where I have closed my heart off, the Bible says if I if I will look to the law as a signpost, and that's that's one of the one of the translations of the word law as a signpost, I can discover whether or not my decision that I'm making is taking me into, into the love walk or away from the love walk, whether or not I'm going to be bringing life to my situation or whether or not I'm going to be bringing death to my situation. Now, th this, this, I've shared this example so many times. It's a really simple example. But, but um, you know, when I was doing my undergraduate work uh, in Pensacola, Florida, um, you know, like all Bible school students, you're always struggling for money because you're, you know, you're going to school all the time and, 
and so you don't have time to get out and make much money so you're always living hand to mouth and so one of the interesting things uh, i don't know how it is in pensacola now you know this was this was in 1975 but you know you'd be going down a street and one house would be great another house would be a shack and the yard would be overgrown and so the way the the way the the laws were that governed that governed how you could keep your yard and house that kind of stuff they were very very flexible and so i had remodeled a house that had sat empty for years that's the only way i could get myself into a big enough house and I couldn't afford the rent, so I, I found this old house, found the guy that owned it, made him a deal you, you know, to provide all the material. I would do all the work, and I'd get to live there for so many months for, you know, in exchange for all the work they would do. So, uh, so th this yard was in terrible shape. It was, just, it, it was just in terrible shape. And so finally I got a little spare time. I thought, you know what, I need to fix up this yard. I need to go out here and clean up these flower beds and, you know, and all this kind of stuff. But the problem was I didn't have any, any yard tools. So uh, I went to my next door neighbor and I said, look, I want to do a little work on my yard. I said, you got a shovel I can borrow? He, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, he, he loaned me a shovel. And, um, you know, I looked at this shovel and I thought, man, this is a pretty flimsy shovel. Uh, you know, the handle was kind of rotted and, and you, know, you know, real gray looking, you know, you know how they are. And there was a little crack in the handle. I was a little worried about it. But I thought, you know what, this is sand, man. This stuff, this is not like the red clay of Alabama. This is just sand. I can just dig up a flower bed. This should not be a problem. Well, lo and behold, I was digging up this flower bed and the shovel handle broke. Now, man, I'm telling you. The problem was I didn't have the money to buy this guy a new, uh, a new shovel. So, you know, immediately my, my mind raced to the fact the shovel handle was rotten anyhow. You know, he'll understand. I'm just going to take that back to him and, and, you know, and, you know, it's his to deal with. Well, <laughs> my, my heart just wouldn't let me do that. You know, just that didn't feel right. So even though... I wasn't sure what to do. I knew that, that really wasn't the way to treat him after he had loaned me this shovel. So I pulled out my Knaves Topical Bible, and, and I, I, I think I looked up the, you know, the word borrowing, and so it gave me all the scriptures about borrowing. So one of the scriptures that it gave, the scripture that caught my eye, was this. If you borrow your neighbor's oxen, and you're going to plow your fields with your neighbor's oxen, if that oxen dies... And your neighbor is not with you to see what caused it to die, then you have to pay for that oxen. But if your neighbor is with you, and therefore he can see what happens, he can see that you didn't abuse that oxen, then you don't have to buy him a new oxen. Now, <clears throat> this is the wisdom of God's word. Because, because what you're looking for there is how to, how to protect that relationship with that other person. You're looking to walk in love, to, to, uh, uh, you know, to keep from causing a rift between you and that other person. Well, so, you know, I realized he wasn't with me. He didn't know if I abused his shovel or what. And so, you know what, I, back in those days, you could walk up down the road, pick up soft drink bottles and go sell them for, I think, a nickel a piece. And so I go, go out, and I'm walking up and down the highway, picking up soft drink bottles, and I get enough money. I go sell them, and, and I go to a hardware store. I buy a shovel handle, take that shovel handle, stick it in there, fix his handle, t ha uh, his shovel. I use it, take it to him. And he says, man, this ain't my shovel. I said, well, I, I know. He said, my shovel was, was rotten, and the handle was all messed up. I said, I, said, I know, and it broke. And 
And I said, you know, so I just fixed it. You know, I didn't, I didn't want to bring it back to you, broke. He said, you didn't have to do all of that. He said, that, that thing was going to break anyhow. He said, he, he said I, I, I wasn't worried about that. And, you know, I just said, well, you know what? I, I was, and I just didn't want to do that to you. You know, what happened is a relationship got protected. Well, I want to tell you something. If you don't have righteousness in your heart, if you're not willing to listen to the Word of God, to know how to treat other people, then you're going to come up with your own subjective definitions of what it, what's fair. And it's always going to go to your favor. It's always going to go to what benefits you. It's never going to go to what helps and benefits the other person or strengthens the relationship. we got a world of people that do not really want to treat other people fair, but as monumental victims, they want to cry out, treat me fair, treat me fair, treat me fair. Listen, I'm going to be talking to you more about this. We're going to go in some really healthy, positive ways. Be sure and check out the free download of my book, The Wisdom of God for a Fair and Just World. I'll be talking to you next week. Thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com, with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website for previous podcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.